You're listening to EPN, the E-Podcast Network. Welcome to Enterprise Radio, the signature show of EPN, the Entrepreneur Podcast Network, your channel for exclusive interviews with entrepreneurs, small business owners, and some of the world's top executives who share business strategies and insights that can all help you build your business, leading to your business success. And now, broadcasting from anywhere between Brazil, South America, to Los Angeles, California, it is your host, Eric Dye. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, a part of VPN, the Entrepreneur Podcast Network. Today, we are speaking with Fleet Mall, an author, consultant, and executive coach who facilitates deep transformations for individuals and organizations through his radical responsibility program. Fleet, a good morning to you, and welcome to Enterprise Radio. Good morning, Eric. A real pleasure to be here with you this morning. Likewise, and uh, we thank you for your time as well. So let's kick things off. Tell us what is radical responsibility? Well, Eric, radical responsibility is a, a philosophy, a practice, a way of being in which we voluntarily take on 100% ownership for all the circumstances that we face in life. Now, this includes all those circumstances that when we apply what you might call radical honesty, uh, that we can see we had a hand in creating. Uh, but there may even be those circumstances that just kind of land on our head that everyone would agree that we can't really see that we had any part in causing or setting ourselves up for. And we even embrace 100% responsibility or ownership for those circumstances, not with any sense of burden or any should but because we realize that this is the only place we have any real power, that this is the place where we can access genuine self-empowerment and personal freedom. It's deciding to stand in that place in life where we have the most power and the most influence. Quite interesting. Now, specifically, how do the philosophy and practice of radical responsibility drive creativity and innovation, looking at it from that angle? Yeah, well, let me elaborate that just a little bit. I want to make sure that we understand that this is stepping out of a context of blame. I think our culture, for better or worse, has been really influenced by blame-based and and even shame-based ideas. And we often associate ideas like or words like responsibility, accountability with, okay, who's in trouble now? Uh, who's going to get the X? And often we avoid uh, notions of accountability and responsibility because we've been blamed in the past. We've experienced that shame, and we don't want any more of that, of course. So unconsciously, we may be avoiding things like accountability and responsibility, even though cognitively we may realize that they're important ideas. So this, this idea of embracing 100% ownership has absolutely nothing to do with self-blame. It's simply saying, where am I going to focus my energy? Am I going to get caught in a kind of victim position vis-a-vis the circumstances I face in any given moment where I see that as something happening to me and I feel a sense of powerlessness or helplessness and I perceive I'm being persecuted by something? And and of course, we all do that all the time. Anytime that we're feeling even slightly uncomfortable or irritated or frustrated or unhappy with a circumstance, and we attribute the causation of our inner state to something outside of ourselves, we're moving into what I call that victim position. 
uh, which is not to say that people aren't victimized. Of course, they are, and terrible things happen. But what we're talking about here is that psychological position where I'm really giving away my power by attributing the causation for my internal state to something outside myself. Now, of course, we are human beings and we have feelings and so forth, but they're based on our perceptions, our perceptions or our met needs or unmet needs. And so by taking ownership for that, I can I can own what I'm feeling, look into that, see what that is arising from, my perception of my needs being met or not, and I can check that out and see what assumptions are involved and whether my perceptions are accurate. And I'm beginning to take ownership for my own internal states and how I position myself vis-a-vis the circumstances in my life. And with that, with a process of self-empathy, not blame, I can then move myself into looking at any circumstance. And maybe I don't like that particular circumstance, but instead of moving into that victim mindset, I can move into the mindset of, okay, what can I do? What can I do to change this? What can I do to shift this? Now I'm in the realm of possibility, which is the world of creativity and innovation. Because once I move out of that mindset of limitation where I'm complaining about or suffering with or feeling victimized by a circumstance, instead move into this place where, what can I do? Or if it's a team, what could we do? Well, there's always a thousand things we could do, 10,000 things, different ways we could approach something, think about something, different tacks we can take. So that immediately places us in the mind of possibility, the mind of creativity and innovation. So entrepreneurship is obviously about risk-taking, it requires fearlessness, and it requires not allowing ourselves to be dominated by the fear-based conditioning that really is paramount in, in the human condition because the first job for any being, any species, is survival. So we tend to operate from fear and survival. So how do we rise above that to put ourselves in a mind of, of possibility where we can access our greatest creativity? Powerful stuff. And as you mentioned, entrepreneurs are natural risk takers. Aren't they also naturally, radically responsible? I think to many degrees they are because uh, most uh, entrepreneurs know they're taking risks. They're taking uh, educated risks and reasonable risks. And, uh, and they're willing to suffer the consequences. They know that all, not every risk they take, not every bet they make, so to speak, is going to pay off. And so in general, they have that sense of responsibility. But they may not have applied that to their entire life. It may have more apply to their way they're approaching their business dealings. And they may not have applied it with great depth. So they may still get lost in uh, self-blaming or blaming others or, you know, blaming the economy or blaming various circumstances when things aren't working out too well. And that can be a real loss of energy there. Also, the, the, the width, the bandwidth of the innovation and creativity may, may still be somewhat limited by fear. I'd like to reference something that uh, uh, in neuropsychology is called uh, the negativity bias. Now, this term was coined by two researchers at the University of Pennsylvania in the early 2000s, Paul Rosen and Edward Rosman. And what it points to is that because uh, the job one of any species is survival, our brain is actually set up to pay more attention to negative information, to pay more attention to danger. So when there's any sense of danger, fear, discomfort, uh, the memory faculty in our brain lights up. We remember things with great detail, uh, vividness, and it goes right into long-term memory. Well, guess what happens when it's a nice warm day, we're feeling great, everything's going just swell, it goes right over. 
our memory faculty is nowhere near as acute. We don't remember with such detail. And it doesn't even go into long-term memory unless we hold it in short-term memory for at least 12 to 20 seconds is what the research shows. So guess what's mostly in our long-term memory? Mostly negativity. And so as a culture and as human beings, our challenge is that our default way of being is to be very fear-based. So how do we shift out of it? It takes a very proactive stance to really decide that anytime I notice myself getting into that fear-based thinking or feeling controlled by or trapped or limited by circumstances, I'm going to make that cognitive shift, that psychological and emotional shift to embracing the circumstances and focus again in that realm of possibility. What can I do? And it's really practicing that in every place of our life that begins to develop that muscle, what I might call that radically responsible muscle that allows us to live more and more in that realm of possibility where really anything's possible and where we're not limiting our thinking and our creativity. Well, I do a lot of, uh, a lot of strategic planning and design work with, with teams, executives, companies, and we may be doing a day long or two day or three day kind of design shop or design brainstorming, strategic planning kind of sessions. And, Although I structure a lot of ways to create safety in the room so that people will stop editing themselves, I get whoever the leader in the room is to make it very clear that they want everybody's contributions, that there'll be no repercussions for anything, uh, to really open up the space so people feel safe enough to stop editing so- themselves and let the creativity flow. It still can take a good part of a day to get that room safe enough, and it's really clear when the shift happens that the creativity and the ideas and you know, it just starts exploding. And that's that point where the room got safe enough that people stopped operating from fear and started operating from possibility. So this is easier said than done. And for entrepreneurs, taking on a personal practice of really trying to embrace this idea of radical responsibility in every area of their life, personal and professional, will set themselves up to really operate more and more from that place of possibility where they're going to access their most creative and most innovative ideas. Today we are visiting with Fleet Mall, an author, consultant, and executive coach who facilitates deep transformations for individuals and organizations through his Radical Responsibility program here on Enterprise Radio, a part of the Entrepreneur Podcast Network. You can also follow the show on Twitter at ePodcast Network, and we're also streaming on demand 24-7 on TuneIn Radio and the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. Now, Fleet, what role does fear play in all of this? Well, as I said, fear, you know, fear is the challenge that we all face. It's part of the human condition. And if we just let our mind operate in its default way, let our brain function in its default way, it's going to operate primarily from fear. And anytime uh, we experience some discomfort or some, you know, something in our field of perception, uh, causes any kind of alarm, whether it's uh, or, you know really the bear at the door or it's just something that triggers a memory, even a genetic memory that triggers that kind of fear. You know, the alarm bells go off in what are called the amygdala and the limbic brain. It triggers uh, the reptilian brain to start to take over, and we move into fear-based reactivity, and it really shuts down our executive function. It shuts down our creativity. It really begins to shut down our cognitive processes. So this is a continual challenge that we all face, and It takes a proactive practice to really begin to uh, change the brain to so its default mode is less fearful. Now, this is one of the 
uh, the fabulous results of the research around mindfulness practices, various practices for training the mind that have come out of some of the Asian meditative traditions as well as other uh, Western traditions. And we now know that by practicing some kind of mind training, some kind of mindfulness practice on a daily basis, it actually begins to restructure the brain because we know today with uh, the phenomena called neuroplasticity that the brain is continually restructuring and changing itself, that we can get the brain to be set up to be less triggerable, to it's uh, become more difficult for it to shift into that fear-based response and more likely that we'll respond to things uh, in a less fear-based way. And so the combination of working with this radical responsibility practice and having some kind of daily mindfulness practice actually sets our brain up to be less fearful and to operate more from that place of uh, calm, peace, and then uh, creativity and innovation that can thrive in that less fearful environment. Lastly, Fleet, what steps can leaders take to create a more innovative and entrepreneurial environment and culture in their organizations? Well, I think it's really about it's about the mindset of the leader. You know, what is the leader communicating? Is the leader, first of all, a modeling radical responsibility? Or does the leader get involved in blaming and self-justification? Is the leader working with his own mind uh, through things like mindfulness practices and the radical responsibility practices so that the leader operates in a less fearful way? So who is the leader being? That has a lot to do with the environment that's created. And then that having that intention to really create a safe environment for your team. So kind of an environment of or a culture of no blame, no mistake on sort of an ultimate level so that people actually are free to make mistakes and they realize they're not going to be punished for mistakes. That part of learning, we, we, we learn through making mistakes and, and the iterative process of getting to some brilliant idea may go through a lot of mistakes and even a lot of dumb ideas. But if all the way along we're, we're, so scared of making mistakes or so scared of being judged, we'll never get down that iterative path to that brilliant idea. So really it's about creating safety, a safe environment in your teams where, where creativity and innovation can flourish. And it's a safe environment. It's not a fear-based environment. It's not a blame-based environment. And, and also this takes training. So it's who the leader is being, but then bringing training uh, to your team. So uh, like my online seminar, Radical Responsibility, um, and it's a public seminar that I offer around the country as well. And I offer the same thing in various kinds of trainings in corporate uh, uh, environments and, and businesses of various kinds. This kind of training work can actually get people up to speed pretty quickly to really experience it, kind of get it in their bones. What is this idea of radical responsibility? What is the advantage to me to really embrace 100% responsibility for all the circumstances I face day in and day out? How to free myself from self-blame and develop the self-confidence and self-empathy in which I can fearlessly step into radical responsibility. So it's a combination of who the leader is being and then the training they bring to their team to move a team into this non-fear-based, non-blame-based environment where people feel safe to generate ideas, to create, to innovate, and to make mistakes along the way uh, in down that path towards the most brilliant ideas and the most innovative ideas. Fleet, it certainly has been great to have had you today. Where can listeners get more information about you, and how would one be in contact in all regards? Yes, people can go to my website, which is fleetmall.com, F-L-E-E-T-M-A-U-L-L.com. 
And they can also uh, reach me by email if they like at F, my first initial, Mall, my last name, M-A-U-L-L, Fmall at gmail.com. Easy enough. Once again, it has been our pleasure to have had you. Continued success and certainly look forward to a future conversation with you right here on Enterprise Radio. Have yourself a great day. Thank you very much, Eric. You too. We have been speaking with Fleet Mall, an author, consultant, and executive coach who facilitates deep transformations for individuals and organizations through his Radical Responsibility Program. And for more information and for contact, simply visit FleetMall.com. And this is Eric Guy, and you've been listening to Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Entrepreneur Podcast Network. Pick up our iPhone or Android mobile app for your exclusive mobile listening convenience. And once again, we do thank you for tuning in. Thanks again for listening to Enterprise Radio here on the Entrepreneur Podcast Network. To subscribe for future programming, simply visit epodcastnetwork.com. This is the ePodcast Network.